The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And it's Friday. So here we go with the much anticipated, never duplicated Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan here. Listen, I'm developing a new perfume for introverts. It's called Leave Me the F- Cologne. Thank you very much. Goodbye. That's a good one. <laughs> I really like that one. That's actually one of my faves that Duff has ever given us. But thanks to Duff for doing it all the time. He recently just jammed with Eddie Vedder in Seattle on Eddie's Earthling tour with Chad Smith on the drums. We might have a return visit from Chad Smith very soon, talking about the new Red Hot Chili Peppers record. But today, Duff made us laugh, and we thank him for that. But we're also talking about the new Fozzie tour, Save the World tour, starting up again on March 31st. First show back is Detroit, Rock City. We can't wait to see you. So come rock with Fozzie. We're going to be crisscrossing this great nation. We're going to Connecticut, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Texas, Nevada, California, Colorado, everywhere in between. Get your tickets at FozzieRock.com. And don't forget about our VIP meet and greets. It's legendary. We're doing those two. We meet you. We greet you. And we play a mini set for you. Five songs, some that you will not hear later on that night. Still tickets available. You get those at FozzieRock.com. And get on the mailing list to book a cabin for Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, the Four Leaf Clover. We are now setting sail February 2nd, 2023. That is less than a year away. We've got a great lineup of talent joining us. And for the first time ever, we're going to our own private island. Get all the details when you sign up for the mailing list at JerichoCruise.com. All right. And on the Jericho Cruise, I have been known to do live podcasts on the ship. And that's what I've got for you today. This is recorded in October on the Triple Whammy because we had so much incredible talent on the ship. I was able to put together this all-star panel, three generations of incredible female wrestlers who are all Hall of Famers, uh, technically and literally, Medusa, Jazz, and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. They're going to be talking about the evolution of women's wrestling. Medusa came up in the AWA in the 80s. She spent three years wrestling in Japan before going to WWE, one of the pioneers of uh, women's wrestling for that era. And then she jumped ship to WCW in one of the most historic moments in the Monday Night Wars. Yes, she's telling that story about dropping the WWE women's title belt into the trash. 
Jazz has plenty of stories as well about wrestling for the WWE during the Attitude Era. She was there when the Divas arrived and has plenty of stories about trying to be taken seriously during the era of bikini models and tits and ass. And then, of course, there's the current AEW Women's Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who had one of the best matches in AEW history last year in her unsanctioned lights-out match with Thunder Rosa. She has a completely different experience in wrestling and shares how much has changed for her thanks to the pioneers like Medusa and Jazz. So here we go. The evolution of women's wrestling live from Chris Jericho's Rockin' Wrestling Rager at Sea, Triple Whammy. Here we go. We had a lot of trials and tribulations to get out on the water, but we are here, ready for the vacation of a lifetime! Remember, what's the only rule on the Jericho cruise? Have a good time! All right, so, uh, you know, if you guys have been on before, you know that we always do live talk as Jerichos from the ship, and I thought it would be really cool to do a show about the women's evolution in pro wrestling. Good idea, right? So we're very fortunate to have three pioneers in a lot of ways from three different generations from the wrestling business. We're going to bring them out right now. All of them are Hall of Famers in my book. We've got one of the greatest of all time. Medusa is here. One of the greats from the Attitude Era, Jazz! And of course, Dr. Britt Baker, the AEW Women's Champion, DMD. What is it? Welcome as they come out. Let's give them a round. Come on. Come on out, guys. There they are. This is so cool, right? I know. All the waterfalls. Thanks, Deuce. Your mic's behind you. You're sitting on your mic. Mic. There, we there go. you go. Hello. How's your father? It's my first drink. <laughs> so, um,. Once again, I just thought it'd be such an interesting conversation to have with the three of you for so many different reasons on how the women's, uh, the, the business of women's wrestling has evolved over the last basically, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, and we'll just go right into it. Medusa, when did you start wrestling? Well, hi, guys. Yes, <laughs> there she is. What's up? Guys, are you rocking it? Triple whammy! Oh, hell yeah! Okay, gotcha. A true entertainer. <laughs> so, when did I start? Golden era right here, guys. Very proud of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, um, I started, I think, uh, 1983. <laughs> Three. Three. She Probably. was eight years old, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You weren't even like born, England. were you? I wasn't born. No. <laughs> I could have birthed you. That's, that's right. So anyway, yes, around uh, 83 is when I started in, from Minneapolis. So when you started, um, what was kind of the, the terrain for women's wrestling like in 1983? 
Well, there really wasn't much, you know. <laughs> there really wasn't much training back in the uh, 83. So I was uh, putting myself through nursing school, and I was introduced to a guy named Kai Michelson out of Minneapolis. He was a Hollywood stunt coordinator, and uh, he insisted that I be in the entertainment business. And I thought, you know, I could do that. I could be a stunt woman, and that's what I wanted to do, okay. Um, but no, he said you'd be great as a pro wrestler. And I thought, oh, you bitch, are you kidding me? Are you serious? So anyway, fast forward, he introduced me to Ed Sharkey. Out of Eddie Minneapolis. Sharkey. Yeah, good old Eddie Sharkey. And um, I was training in a room about as big as this ring with uh, big old sweaty guys, and I quit my nursing school and um, started wrestling independence. Didn't get paid for about three to five years, and when I did, I got paid five bucks. Wow. Yes, no shit, and I am not kidding. That's, that is a shoot. And um, I lost everything, basically. Uh, lived in my car, got that taken away, repossessed, um, and had to figure it out again. And I did, I kept going. I said, I didn't come this far to lose everything and just quit. So uh, my training uh, existed with um, uh, Brad Rennings. Brad Rennings, yeah. Yeah, right on. Great guy. And um, just wrestling the other guys. And then there was a few women, just very, very few women. And then my first encounter was with, uh, I got a call from Vern Gagne. Yeah, from with, uh, yeah, God bless, man. He treated us so well, but I can keep going on and on. We'll, well, we'll, well let me just that. ask you a question, though, because I, I, lived, I grew up in Winnipeg. Uh, in Canada, and AWA was was the wrestling promotion that we all went to, and I remember like women's wrestling was almost like, and you guys will know this, and this is not a, a cut down. It was almost like midget wrestling. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of an attraction. We have this big title match and this big title match, and there's a midget match and there's a women's match, and it was like Sherry Martell and probably you. There was probably two or three girls in the entire territory, and AWA at the time was a huge company. Was there only a few of you in there? Yeah, correct. So when I got that call from Wahoo McDaniel, which worked for Vern Gagne, man, he was like, yeah, I heard you're pretty good. You're an independent girl. Would you like to come wrestle and uh, have a program with Sherry Martell? I was like, what? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Heck, yeah. And um, so that's how we were, you know, What was introduced. Sherry like as a Sherry mentor? Sherry was crazy. But I love her. I love her, guys. Um, it, Sherry Martell, her and I never spoke in the ring. We did not go verbatim um, and talk about our match. Uh, wrestling Sherry Martell uh, was very unpredictable, and she was a brawler. She was a brawler wrestler. And she wasn't a technical wrestler, but she was a, she was a brawler. And she, her psychology for this business was unbelievable. She was so damn good. So there's a quick little story. I, her and I were wrestling. I was so green. I was awful. That poor woman. I was horrible. But I kept at it and I was getting better and better. And so we were, I don't know where we were wrestling, but we had an adjoining room. And I'm like, Sherry, please just talk to me. Give me, do you want to know my high spot? Don't you want to know that? You might come back. Do you want to know that? And she's like, no, she would, I'd, I'd be knocking on the uh, 
the adjoining door, you know, in the hotel rooms. And finally, she got so mad, she opened up that door and, what the hell you want? And I'm like, Sherry, please just talk to me. Can we go over our finish or something? And she started screaming at me, and she slammed the door, and my fingers were in the door. Yeah, uh, no kidding. And then I didn't say anything. I sucked it up because back then you just don't, you do. You can't sell anything. You do not sell a damn thing. No. So here I am with broken fingers. Got there, taped them up and wrestled her. And then um, it, I gained her respect after that. And yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Jazz, um, if I call you Carlene, I apologize. That's fine. fine. Spoiler alert, her name is Carlene. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I haven't seen Jazz. We were talking. We had a brief uh, meeting in AEW when we first started. But it's probably been about 15 years or so. I was always a big fan of Jazz. A big fan of all three of these women. But Jazz was like, and I want to talk about this in the Attitude Era, which was a, a great era for women's wrestling. But it was also a lot of. Uh, gratuitous uh, bikinis and that sort of thing. TNA. She, TNA. Tits and ass. Tits and ass, right. Tits and ass. She was, she was like the killer in the organization. She would be the one that just kicked everybody's ass. But when did you start wrestling? Uh, um, I started, um, I broke in in 97 under JYD. Wow. Junkyard dog, yes. JYD taught you in 97. Well, he... <laughs> <laughs> he taught the business. He taught me the business. Wow. Yeah, he taught me how to make money. JYD was all about making money, you know, right. selling those Polaroids or whatever, you know. Especially in the Louisiana territory. Yes. That was yes. his. In Louisiana. If you guys don't know, yes. JYD in Louisiana was a 50,000 yes. seat ticket seller in the New Orleans he Superdome, was the right? Man. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And um, once we split up with uh, JYD, which Ron and I both started out with Junkyard Dog. Um, we kind of went our separate ways. And that's when Rod Price came into play. And um, in a few months with him, he had gotten a job with ECW. And um, yes, yes, exactly. So in about six to eight months training underneath him, um, ECW had, was coming through Louisiana. And he told Rod and I to go and do a tryout. So I went there. And the first couple of days, I'm watching, I'm seeing the girls there, and it was only Dawn Marie and Francine. And they were, like, getting stripped down to their panties and bra. And I'm like, uh, I don't think I fit that, you know? I don't think I'm what they're looking for. And Dawn Marie was like, girl, get in the ring. You never know. Just get in there and show them what you can do. So that third day, I got in there, and um, a few of the guys went up to Rod and was like, bro, that's your old lady, like... Um, Maybe you shouldn't let her get in there because I had to go against Jason, Jason Knight. Oh, wow. Yes. So got in there. The entire roster circled around the ring. Oh, my God. So we did our match, and my nerves were so... Because uh, think about it. I had only been training for like eight months. So I'm green as hell, right? 
So all nervous, butterflies and everything. So as soon as we got the one, two, three, and honestly, I don't even know what was the, what, what was the finish because I was so like nervous. I ran out, ran into the nearest locker room, puked my guts out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Tommy Rogers, uh, One Man Gang, and um, I believe Sabu was in there just talking. And Rodney come in there, and uh, they were laughing at me, of course. And Rodney come in there and said, Paulie wants to talk to you. Hurry up. Come out of here. So I had to hurry up and rinse my mouth out. And I went out there, and Paulie was like, where the hell you come from? And he was like, we're going to give you a call. And like a couple of weeks later, I got the phone call to come in and made my debut in ECW. That was this. And that was the birth of jazz. <laughs> I just have to say something quickly. In the very first Star Trek movie, if anybody's ever seen that, there's a, the, the, the female lead was a, a girl called Persis Cambata. I was probably nine years old, and she was, she was bald. And every time I see jazz with the ball, I just love it. It's cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So now we got Britt uh, Brit Baker. I'll do it for you. And just to kind of initially, how did you get into the wrestling business? So I was just a fan. I was at uh, Penn State University. We've had this conversation. And I was Beaver Stadium. Yep. So I was moving to Pittsburgh for dental school. I was already accepted. It was a done deal. Dentistry is guaranteed success. And my friends who I watched WWE with, they said, you know, that's a big independent wrestling scene in Pittsburgh. You should check it out. And I had no idea what that was. I only knew what I saw on TV. So, of course, I do my own little research, like, on Google. And I found out that, like, all of my favorite wrestlers had some involvement in this independent wrestling scene. So I had to, I just dug in and I said, I'm going to try it, see how it goes. And I went to one tryout and the rest was history. I decided I'm going to be a dentist and a wrestler. I was doing an autograph signing in Pittsburgh. And the only reason why I did it is because Henry Winkler, the Fonz, yes, yes. was also on the show. And I said, if you can get me an interview with the Fonz for Talk is Jericho, I'll do your autograph signing. So I got the picture with the Fonz, got the interview, it was great. And there was an independent wrestling show that night in Pittsburgh yes. with a guy called Sam Adonis who said, you got to come to the show. So I went to the show, and that's when I met uh, Britt Baker, and she was returning to Britsburg. That's it. And you won a title that My night or something? My first title. I Your won. parents were there? So funny story, the promoter's son, two-year-old son, is named Jericho. He claims it's biblical, I don't know. Um, so... <laughs> So right before the match, he says, you know, oh, Jericho's upstairs watching. I'm like, cool. Like, I don't care. Your two-year-old son. You thought it was a two-year-old. Yes. And then I'm, I lit my music's playing. I look up, and I see, and your hair was, like, spiked then, so you couldn't miss it. I was Chris Jericho, and I almost shit my pants because I, I was, like, I'm about to win a title in front of Chris Jericho. This is so cool. And then um, we, we've been friends ever, ever since. Ever since, Britsburg. Yeah. So, so Medusa, let me ask you this. So, when you, I, I love hearing all these different eras, and we're going to kind of get into the whole culmination of everything. But when you were in the '80s in AWA, because you were there for a long time, because what I recall when you came into WWE was '90s at that point. So, you had a very long career. Were you working in Japan, or was it mostly with Vern and AWA? Kind of tell us your because women's wrestling in the '80s was not as accepted and is revered as it is now. Like we said earlier, almost kind of a, a freak show type of thing. Yeah, we were that part where you said, and more. <laughs> <laughs> Plus one other match. Plus one other. AKA, and... boom. <laughs> yeah. 
So women never got billed with our names on the card. It would be, you know, main event, semi-main event, blah, blah, blah. And then very at the bottom and more, that would be us. That was great. But, uh, um, and more. And more. So when, when I was introduced to Kai, um, and he said, entertainment business, he'd be great at it, blah, blah, blah. I thought, you know, if I'm going to step away from nursing, I, I, I better do my diligence and figure this shit out because I don't know what this business is. And there wasn't really much to research except for VHS tapes. <laughs> so I did a lot of looking on VHS tapes, and I saw these women in Japan, and I thought, my God, if I, if I want to change the trajectory of women's wrestling from where it was then to something where... I could do mixed American women's wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and correlate and put that all together. That's what I want to do. So before I even started, I was looking at Japanese tapes and knew I had to, that was my, go and my end goal. Right. So I went in, started there, um, did independence, went into AWA, and that's when um, All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling was doing a tour in the States. And they happened to come by the showboat hotel where we always had our TV tapings with AWA. And Chigusa Nagoya was there. And uh, I had to wrestle her. Vern said, you're wrestling Japanese. I'm like, oh, my God, I am so not ready for this. These girls kill each other over there. They're, they're like legit shoot. Like, they would beat the crap out of you. And, and Chigusa is a legendary figure, one of the greatest legendary. of all time in Japan. Yeah. yeah, guys, check it out. Google Chigusa Nagoya. You'll see. And so um, I wrestled her, and all I could think about, I am not kidding, all I could think about on this VHS tape is where the girls go up on the corner turnbuckle and they dive off into the audience. So that's what I had in my head like I was going to do. Well, in AWA, we didn't have cushions down there. It was concrete. I have stupid me. So I thought, I'm really going to make a difference. So I walked up in the corner, and I did a body splash onto the concrete on Chigusa. And after that, I guess it was spectacular. My body didn't feel it, but it was. So they asked me to go to Japan. So I went from AWA um, and then over to Japan, the first American woman to sign a, not sign, handshake contract for three years. That's okay. huge. He was amazing. Oh, my God, it was so amazing. Guys... If you ever get a chance to go to Japan and wrestle, I don't know if you have yet, hon. But just so you know, too, guys, this was the glory years of Japanese women's wrestling, late 80s, early 90s. All Japan women's wrestling actually did as good business as New Japan or All Japan did with the guys, just with the women. So that was a big deal. Oh, it was a huge deal. And then it, my, my career took off, and then I knew I had to come back to the States because I was over there for three years saying, I need to reinvent myself. I, I need to... Um, get back to the States, because after two, three years, the fans slowly start to forget, and they move on, and whatever, and hey, and so that's what I did, and then I came back to the States. And Jazz, when you, uh, you mentioned ECW, how did you end up coming to WWE, sorry, it was probably WWF at the time? Yeah, it was F. Right, and once again, we're talking about kind of the, uh, the, highlight, the height of the, of the uh, Attitude Era with all the women, what was going on. And like I said, you came in as the killer. What was the idea when you came in? What were you thinking? Well, that's when Pauly was in there doing commentary, yes. So um, I saw Dreamer at an indie show in Texas, and he said he was going to reach out to Paul to set up for me to do a dark match to try to get a tryout. 
So it, it finally happened, and um, I went over there, and I worked Ivor in a dark match, and they, they said they loved it. it. We had a huge reaction, which uh, was great, and um, you know, Pauly, they're going to call you in two weeks. <laughs> was it two weeks? Hell no. <laughs> yeah. It was more like uh, maybe two months. But I got the call, Johnny A's, oh, Jazz, uh, heard a lot about you. Uh, don't know much about you, but uh, we're going to send you a contract. <laughs> and at the time, hell, I didn't know Johnny A's either, so... Hey, but anyway, yeah, they sent the contract and um, um, they sent me to OV, OVW. JR told me to go down there and get some ring rust off. And next thing you know, they brought me in to um, what was my debut in WWF? Survivor Series. Wow. Yes. See, we love these guys. Survivor Series. What did you do at Survivor Series? Oh, I came out there and got heat from Booker T because I didn't know what the hell to do. They never let me practice an entrance. I came out there and did. <laughs> uh oh, oh shit, sorry. Oh. I'm a heel, I'm a heel, baby. It's okay. That's how I roll. We have a towel and we'll get more. Sorry, Britt. But right. anyway, once I did that, you know, but yeah, Booker's like, what the f? You stealing my shit or what? I'm like, Booker, <laughs> I was so nervous. I had no clue what I was doing. I just went out there, bro. But yeah. Um, so who, were you, who was your first program with? Trish. Ah, gotcha. Trish Stratus. We started out in house shows, because in ECW, I always worked like baby, you know, and uh, WWF, uh, they had me be a heel, work heel. And um, I never worked it, so I just went back home and, and just studied film, studied Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, you know, and, and um, come back, and, and that's when Arn Anderson started calling me... Uh, uh, crowbar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just so you know what crowbar means, you're really f***ing stiff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And we would finish our match, and there we come to the back, and they're like, Trish, you okay? You okay? You all right? I'm like, what about me? I just got chick kick in the damn, <laughs> in the shoulder, you know? But yeah, Trish and I had great chemistry, you know? She was, a, the people loved her, and... And it just made my job so much easier. And she never complained, and I never complained. And we had chemistry, and it all worked out. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Now, Britt, when you were growing up, obviously you said you were a wrestling fan. Were you watching uh, these women in, in the Attitude Era? So I had to play a lot of catch-up because I didn't get, like, die-hard serious until I was high school college, which is weird because everyone's the opposite. They watched it when they were kids, and then they fell out of love with it, but I became, like, yeah. obsessed with it. And, of course, like, these, these women paved the road for, like, the, like, for me and Thunder Rosa to main event Dynamite. So it's, it's I'm not even mad Great you spilled this drink on me. <laughs> One of the best matches in AW history. But, but like, I, like, 
it would have never happened without without them doing what they, what they did for oh, all these years, Rick. paving the road. And and my generation is truly thankful. There is no DMD without without the generations <laughs> that came before. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We don't have to go in chronological order, and I'll get back to it. But what do you guys think? Are, are you proud of women's wrestling when you see it in 2021? Not just in AW, but in WWE Me. as well. I'm blown away. Like, um, when I came in, it was tits and ass, and I really didn't fit into that at all. And, and, and Paulie and Dreamer told me never to ever get a boob job, which I wanted to so badly, but they told me never to get one. Just be different. Like, just, you're a killer. Just, just, just be you. And when I went to WWF and, and with Fit, man, Fit made sure. So let me just interject. Fit Finley, the great Dave Finley, obviously. Yes, yes. One of the greatest... Pro wrestlers of all time. all time. But Fit has made it almost his legacy, his mission is to help the girls in, yes. in WWE. And every girl from this era will yeah. say the same that Fit Finley was very influential oh in the uh, yes. uh, evolution of, yeah, of the WWE he girls. Pr pretty much created me. And, in what way? And, and there was times, I remember one night I went out there, I guess I wasn't vicious enough. And he, I come through the back and he was like, come follow me. I followed him. We went into the. Um, to the uh, catering area, and he walked in, he just started flipping tables and shit. And everybody in there started looking and running, and he was like, you see their reaction? I was like, yeah, he said, that's what I want from you. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Yes, but I love, I mean, the women, we've come so far from not being, um, like you said, an attraction, we're just known as an attraction to where we are today, the Britt Bakers, the, the Sasha Banks, I mean, the Charlotte Flairs. I mean, I love women wrestling. I make sure, if I don't watch anything else, I'm watching the women matches. Yes, and I'm so proud of them, and I'm just so proud to be a part of, of, of their legacy, you know, and, and, and thank you, ladies, and thank you, Medusa, for, for paving the way for me you know, and it just, man, I love you. Yes. How do you feel, Deuce, when you see this starting in 1980, <laughs> and here we are in 2021? You must feel some pride about how everything has just gone through the roof for women's wrestling. Everything I worked for, everything, everything I lost brought me to where women's wrestling is today. Yes. I'm very proud of you girls today. Yes. Very, very. Yes. And um, there, it just wasn't myself that paved the way. There was other women before me, of course, that paved the way. And uh, every generation every has its evolution, has its yes. growing, has its pains. And so every era is very important, and we learn from every era, and we bring it forward. And what it is today, it's only going to get better. So you are teaching the little kids and little yes. girls today and what they want to become, so... That's way cool. Now my babies are watching you, Brittany. That's great. That's yes. Great. And, and so, Britt, how do you feel when, when, when they say these things to you? I mean, it's, like, it's such a surreal moment. Because I'm six years in with literal legends. All, all of you, all three of you are the people that I look up to. So I, it's kind of like a pinch me moment. It has to be, right? I don't know. I think you can cut a damn good promo. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think she's pretty damn good on the mic, she's Pretty no. damn good. Yes. Yes. Let me say this, too. So this cruise is happening. Obviously, AW Dynamite is this weekend as well. So there, there was a certain guys from the roster we couldn't bring in. And some people were like, well, you're not bringing in this guy, this guy, this guy. I said, listen, 
Last year, nobody knew who Britt Baker was. She came on the Jericho Cruise, and that was the first moment. I remember everyone watching your promo with yeah. Tony Schiavone in that ring upstairs at the pool deck. If you guys were here. Just tell us about that a little bit. It was your first breakout promo was, on this cruise. It was, yeah. It was, it was my first live promo ever. Um, I, I, had, I was never a heel in my life. I was never cutting live promos. So I had a lot to learn, and I had a lot to learn very quickly. And Jericho was so instrumental in the development of my promo game. And it started on the cruise here. So if you were there last year, thank you. Um, and I just have to say another moment, and you probably don't even remember this, but when I broke my leg, like everything was finally clicking for me. I was, I, you know, really getting into the swing of being a heel for the first time. I felt like I was comfortable with being hated. And I broke my leg right before the, the paper, my pay-per-view match with Statlander. And I was just heartbroken. And you came into the trainer's room and you're like, oh man, what happened? And I like, I, I, I said, oh, I'm out. I broke my leg, like four months, who knows? And he, and you said, okay. And I said, but I feel like this is my time. And you told me, you said, it's still your time. It's just your time with a microphone. And that like stuck with me. Like I needed to learn how to cut a damn promo so I can stay on dynamite. And that's what I did. That's what's up. Yeah. Promos put asses in the seats. It's the moneymaker. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. You had a chance to work on your promos and your character because you couldn't wrestle. So you didn't have to worry about the wrestling part. You just worry about the character part. So much to talk about with you, Medusa. And one of the big things is that I remember, because uh, I started wrestling in 1990, and it was probably 93 or 94 when they, WWE made a big deal of it was the women's division in the WWE, and it was built around Medusa and Bull Nakano. And I, yes, and I remember, I, for, I, you probably remember this, I remember Randy Savage going, Bull Naka 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 No. That was Macho Man's, uh, he was commentating at the time. What, was, what were you told when you were brought in for this? Because they gave you guys a lot of TV time, but it was only the two of you for like the best out of 275 match series, or whatever it was. Yeah, no shit. So we actually, there, when I no went shit. into the WWF, it was a, a tournament because it laid dormant for like 10 years. And right. uh, Wendy Richter, pause. Medusa, basically. Yeah, yes. Um, and there was a tournament, and it ended up between Heidi Lee Morgan and myself. And so it was her and I going around and around. And then after we went through talent, and there wasn't that much more to go through, then I'm like, hey, Vince, can you, I've, I've got an idea. And then can we bring in the Japanese girls? And that's what was what Vince's reaction to your idea? What was he thinking? Was he... Excited so workable. About this? No, he was workable. I mean, he really liked the idea, and that's when we brought over Bull Nakano. Absolutely. So what was your feud like with Bull? She's one of the all-time greats. She is one of the all-time greats, absolutely. And I learned so much from her. I was still green, and I, I learned. She, still, she was the easiest person to work with, even though it looked like she kicked my ass from one corner to the other. And it was about getting each other over. And I was, I was in the ring... I sold like a mofo. I mean, I sold and sold and sold. And what a concept, a baby face that's selling. <laughs> well, what the hell? But, I mean, Bull Nakano came from a great upbringing with all the, um, you know, Jaguar and a couple, a bunch of other uh, Japanese Jaguar, women. Yakota. Jaguar, Yakota. 
Yes, and, um, and Dump Matsumoto, um, Aja Kong, um, just so many greats. And we finally got a couple of them over and we um, built a few, um, yeah, we just built a few matches on there. I've always loved that name, the most unsexiest name for a women's wrestler ever, Dump Masamoto. She was badass. That's where um, Bull Nakano kind of got her whole, con- her whole concept. Now, do you know that Bull now is a pro golfer? Did you know she's this? She's a pro golfer, yeah. yep. And, um, and she's, she's lost like 150 over 100 pounds. pounds. Yeah. She looks amazing. She's beautiful. Yeah. She, and has, she a, has her own yeah. bar and everything in Tokyo. So. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So Jazz, when you came in, you mentioned with Trish... And you mentioned, too, is a lot of TNA. So were you ever asked to do any uh, bikini contests? Never, thank God. They no. never... They... <laughs> I would run in... I ruined all of those opportunities. I, every time they had a bikini contest or wet T-shirt contest, I'm the one So who you were the off. one who ruined it to I get the heat. It. Yes. What, what a heel. Yes. <laughs> can, can you yes. tell us an example of one of these moments where you had to do something? Was there a certain angle that you ever did or... No, not at all. Um, it was just every time they did anything like that, I was just the one to rake the eyes. Yeah. Just, just uh, when she's about to release yes, the hounds. Just and about. Boom. You know, with Lawler out there, you know, doing the whole spiel. Yes, with him coming. Well, yeah, saying, Lawler. Would, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, my God, puppy, she just ruined it. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was it. But um, I used to, well, not used to, but. Um, Always wanted to have a storyline with Victoria, but we never allowed, we, we never got the chance, you know. But Trisha and I did make history, and we had great chemistry, and thank God for, for Trish and, and I um, to go to, uh, uh, went to uh, Mania 18 with uh, Trish and Lita. That's for, I was like, I was the first African woman to retain the title at WrestleMania. Yeah! Yes, 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 yes. Was that in Toronto? Okay, so here's the best part of all. That was, uh, that was the main, see, I don't even remember. That was the main uh, WrestleMania that I main evented. Uh, there you go, yeah. Two matches earlier was The Rock and Hulk Hogan. Yes. Who tore the house down. Yes, and, and then, then they put us behind them. Three-way, yeah, and then I had to go after you guys. And I was <laughs> from the start on that last shit. So you mentioned Trish, and Trish was a natural because she came in from the fitness model world and did a great job right out of the gate. Yes. Who else did you work with around that time frame that you really chemistry oh with? Oh, my God. Worked them all. Molly, um, Ivory, Jacqueline. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Jacqueline and I had great chemistry together. You know, uh, she was a little tough cookie, but, yeah, I didn't <laughs> back down at all. <laughs> I believe that. There were yeah. so many girls during the Attitude yeah, yeah. Era. Well, though. it wasn't that many, but it was maybe 10 of us. 
compared was, to now. <laughs> but this was right before it changed the total TNA. Yeah. When they brought in the bikini models yeah, and all that yeah, sort of yeah, thing, Yeah, 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 before right? the diva search come about. Diva search, right. Yes, right, right. yes. Now, Britt, did you ever have any relationship with WWE, any tryouts or anything? Or Yep, I had a tryout. I... I fresh out of training and they they gave me a tryout solely based on my looks i said oh this is a cute girl and um i got put in a group after the the course with the training we're all done there bumps and rolls and you know we're can't even walk by the end of the tryout it was me lacey evans and bianca were the females in orlando at the in orlando And it was like all these extra physics, like they were testing our range of motion. And we were like, holy shit, we're getting signed. This is awesome. So we're like celebrating. I still talk to those girls all the time. Um, but Canyon, which we've talked about Canyon. He's Canyon, the, Canyon Seaman. Seaman. Um, One he, of the worst names of all time. At the time. I mean, seriously, Canyon Seaman? Really? Right. Softball right there. So at the time, he was like the gatekeeper for independent wrestlers to get into NXT. And he pulled me aside at the end of the tryout. He's like, you know, you just started dental school as a father. I have a hard time pulling you from a professional degree. My heart dropped. But, but I owe him the world because I would have left dental school in a heartbeat to go to WWE because that's what I was young dumb and I was like I don't need a degree I'm gonna be NXT champion like like that would have got me far right um so <laughs> let me ask you do you think he was really saying that as a father because he wanted to protect your dental career or do you think he was just saying that because he didn't think you were good enough at the time and who, I'll never know it could have been either but he stayed in touch with me like every three months after that let me know when you graduate dental school let me know when you send me your matches and the, it always kept up with me and at the time I thought like dental school was ruining my life because I didn't get to go do these like month-long tours in Japan I got to go for two weeks I, di I didn't even get to go to the UK until after I graduated um, but now you guys are all chanting three letters because I'm a dentist. So I'm grateful for whatever planets align that I got to finish dental school and be a wrestler. I am very thankful. Yes. And let me just say this, this is a shoot. She actually does dynamite on a Wednesday and then goes back to Orlando and goes to her dental practice. So if you guys have a cavity and you're in the Orlando area, <laughs> Look her up. <laughs> so Medusa, one of the most famous stories in wrestling history, and you knew we were going to get there, is when you jumped from, from, you were the first. You started this shit. Ah, she was the first jump to jump. And, 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 uh, there's a lot of questions to ask, but uh, to, to initially uh, say this, she was one of the first to jump from WWE, WWF to WCW, famous moment, which we'll talk about. What led you to leave WWE, and how did you end up taking the title and throwing it into the trash? Live on Nitro. Well, what the... So, basically, um, WWF at the time, Vince was going through a lot of problems. He's going through steroid scandal. Right. He was going through IRS scandals. He was going through a lot. He almost was thinking about closing the doors around that time. No, and so, are you serious? He was almost thinking about closing the doors. I don't know about closing, but they were they were, they needed to do some massive change. That that was the scuttlebutt. Because this was the time when you guys would go to the garden 
and do like 3,000 people or something. I'm just paraphrasing. Like the garden holds 20,000 people and WWF the was The old going Madison there. Square Garden. Old Madison yes. Square Garden, yeah. And doing 3,000 people, which is pathetically terrible. Yes. So, but what? Terrible? Well, I'm just saying that, well, 3,000 people in the garden is a terrible house. So what you're saying is Vince was going through a lot of problems at the time with the IRS and with everything yes. else. And bad business, yes. basically. Yeah, absolutely. So, who, who, who would let their champion go with the title? However, I got a FedEx in the mail. And it says we, are, we no longer need the services, blah, blah, blah. I got a FedEx letter. You got a FedEx, FedEx saying letter. good luck in your future considerations. Yep. But I was still their champion. Wow. So you were still and the champion when they sent you the release and they letter. Sent, yes. I don't think somebody was thinking correctly. Jazz just said, that's different. Yeah, so, that was stupid. <laughs> so but they didn't then ask, it, was on my, it was for my benefit. So, but well, did they ask you to drop off the title in the red box? Uh, no, they didn't even ask for it. So I don't know. Rumor has it that somebody called somebody and asked me to come work for them and said, hey, do you have that championship belt? I sure do. Wait a minute. Why? That's not mine. That's Vince's. Why don't you bring it um, to Monday Night Nitro and uh, we'll, we'll think of something. So they I bet you can't guess who that was. So they never asked you once to return the title no, or sir. drop the title? No, no. So said, Vince never asked for the title. They, wow. they, they were going through so much stuff, though, Chris, right. probably. And so they just, they never thought about it. And they probably never thought that Eric Bischoff was going to say, hey, what you doing? <laughs> what you doing? So we have a history, Eric and I, because we were both working in the AWA. Of course. Eric started sort of when I did, and he was a gopher for Vern. Oh, it was so cute. It was so <laughs> funny. He would run cute. around answering for Vern, doing things, getting FedExes. Yeah, that was, that was Eric. But yeah, we basically kind of started the same time. So we had a history. So when he asked and I said, hell yeah, I, I'm not under contract anymore. Let's do this. So it was the start of the Monday Night War. There's a difference. Some people say there was another incident before. Who, who was that? that Luger? Came? Luger, right. yes. Luger showed up on Nitro. This is Avery, by the way. Say hi, hi Avery. So I yeah, think it was Luger that... Luger showed up at the Mall of America, and yep. uh, he just showed up on Nitro after jumping from WWE. He just showed up. But I guess when um, he said, hey, deuce... There's going to be a trash can up there. Come up and cut a promo. And I'm like, okay, I got this. So, I, I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, oh, maybe I'll get on the cover of a magazine because women really never got on the cover of a magazine. I'm like, well, maybe I'll get a little bit of a buzz, you know, out there. I don't mean dope smoking. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, hey, maybe I'll get a little attention or something. And, um, well, hell fire. No one thought that that would have happened the way it did. And um, I feel that... There was a number of reasons why I did that. One is because of how we were being treated 
basically. Um, I believed in equality. Uh, we women really didn't get paid much, um, and we had to fight for a lot of things. But of course, again, that's in everything that we do. Back in my day, um, that that's I mean, it was a growing period in every every era, every year, every generation. We're going to learn something, and we have to we have to make changes. So I made a drastic change and said, here's the title in the trash can, and yes, made history. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So I had Lizzie Hale from the band Hailstorm. Right on. Yes. yes. You know, talk is Jericho. We're talking about, let's talk about like, what's the sexism in rock and roll. And she said when she was first starting that she would have people at the clubs going, let me string your guitar for you. Like, you obviously don't know how to string your own guitar. And she's one of the f badass guitar players. Did you guys deal? Um, obviously, you probably did. Did you deal with sexism in wrestling? Like, oh, come on. How could you possibly be a wrestler? Well, you know, you know how you said when Chris would help you out and did a, back then, there wasn't really many men that would help us out because I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know. If, is, maybe they thought we were a joke or maybe we're just a you know, enhancement. Um, we were just a, a, a sideshow, basically. So there's only a few that did take time, and it was Ray the Crippler Stevens, um, Wahoo McDaniel. Ray Stevens and Wahoo, wow. Yeah, both of them would take a little time and, and talk to me about my matches, but that, that basically was it. And also Paul Heyman, and we're, we're really good best friends to this day. If it wasn't for Paul Heyman spending the time and giving me the opportunities in WCW, I mean, who knows what would have happened. And I'll say this about Paulie, when I was in ECW as well, he had so many females on the roster. There was wrestlers, there was valets, some were there as, you know, as uh, TNA. Kimono? What's that? Kimono. Oh, I loved Kimono on Aaliyah. <laughs> One of my favorites. But the point is, they, they got it. It was all yeah, part of the, exactly. the overall package of ECW. Yeah. So did you ever uh, um, face this jazz? Because obviously you said Paulie was a big uh, benefactor of yours as well. Yes. No, no, no. I, um, I guess it was just how I carried myself. I never had anyone to approach me that way, really, you know? No, yeah. so right. never had any issues. And plus, I had a husband who was pretty much there everywhere I was. He was there in ECW, the WWF. so never really had any of those issues. But I've seen it. But, you know, it never came I think my way. the guys feared me. I re I'll, never, I'll never forget Sean Waltman came up to me and said, you know, Deuce, you know why the guys liked you? And I'm like, no, Sean, why? Because you kept your mouth shut. <laughs> I never sold anything. I'm like, never really? Sell. I got a biography coming out now. No, just kidding. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the things, on never sell anything, which okay. is, is, is a, a huge deal in wrestling. Don't sell it. Don't sell it. Obviously, we're in the modern world now. I'm probably assuming that you didn't. Uh, no, yeah, when I first started, when I was really starting to wrestle was when uh, Sasha and Bailey were having their NXT TakeOver matches. And I, I like my studying was what was on TV now. It was women main eventing. So I was super fortunate. But by the time, you know, I 
was front and because center. Because of these ladies before Because you. of these ladies, exactly. Can I ask you something? Of course. So, sorry. Yeah, just put your mic <laughs> Don't spill anything on me, please. <laughs> so, um, what is it like? Um, not knowing exactly what a lot of women went through in the past and just hearing it through our stories, mm -hmm. which are important. What is it like to be able to have a place to go, like the PC, or a place to train, um, and get paid to train? Yeah. And, um, and it's basically up to you, and you guys have a lot of opportunities. Is it, how do you, what, can you? Yep, there's two things. It's very empowering, but it's a lot of pressure, because I know what people had to go through to get to where we are today, and you don't want to mess that up. You don't want to drop the ball. You don't want to, you know, that up for lack of better words um, because you know people went through hell, the women went through hell to get to what this is now so that's a lot of pressure you want to do everybody proud oh cut the bullshit the f Tell no me. but I mean that hey wait 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 when you the opportunity that you get when you know that you have a place and you can just go and train and get paid I mean what does that feel like? I mean, is it like um, going to college, or is it... So, I, with AEW, we don't have a performance center. She never had that. Yeah, I, I never she got never paid to train. NXT. I paid for my training with my student loans. To hope the government doesn't come after me, but uh, I did. I, I was a broke She's college kidding. kid. She's kidding. She's kidding, if you're listening. Um, but, no, and, and right, like, right, but it's back to the, the pressure. Like, when we get, oh, you guys are main eventing this, it's oh shit, we need to do a good job because people eat, you know, all across the board, there's still those people out there that want the women to fail so that they can say, ah, told you so. You know what I mean? And you don't, you don't, want, to prove, you don't want to prove those people right. That, that, there's got to be a lot of pressure though because you're in an era that is just kicking ass. Yeah. And, and it's like, where's that next level? Yeah, right. So how does that feel? It's, you, you, if you are not completely dedicated to professional wrestling and being better every single day, this isn't this isn't for you exactly. in 2021 you will not survive it's it's doggy dog and tons of hungry hungry women out there right now yeah what Ready is to um, take your spot what is today's women's full package what does it take to have all of that i think the the full package varies there's not just one cookie cutter model i think yeah. you can you can be you know a zombie that's bleeding named abaddon who comes out right we have or I you she's her. here or, or, or you, you know, you can be, you know, Sheeta, somebody who picked up and moved completely, gave up her whole life, her family from Japan, and she's here and she killed it. She was, you know, the champion during the hardest period of professional wrestling and a great champion at that. There, there isn't a one perfect package. There's several, yeah, many. Exactly. And what I'll say from being on this job for 30 years, starting in, you know, 1990, now... When you see someone's in the main event, listen, I don't care if you're man, woman, child, alien, hermaphrodite, whatever. Are you good enough to carry the load? Yeah. Right? And it's the same in your era and the same in your era. Yes. Just that there wasn't the same chances given. So exactly. when we have women in the main event, I don't care. There's going to be women on the main event of some of our shows on this cruise. All that matters, listen, kick, kill it. Entertain the crowd, connect, have a great f match, and let's hang out after. It's great. I think the women are really <laughs> exciting to watch. You guys really they kick are. it. And I love watching AEW. I do. And I love watching all of them. There's so much out there and so many places for wrestlers to go. I, I always say I was ahead of my time. 
was ahead she of was. my time. If I could have been no, in this, no, why in do you this think era that, right why here. Why do you think that, Jazz? Why were you ahead of your time? I just feel like my style, just, just what I brought to the table, just fit with this, with this era now, you know? Because you weren't worrying. Look, we said this is not a cut down. It's the way it was. There was uh, uh, Trish and Lita having a match and then yeah. doing a bikini contest the next week. Yes. That was still part of the deal. Mm -hmm. You're saying that should have been taken out of the equation. It should have been just great Straight matches wrestling. all across the board. We fought really hard for it. We really did. And um, they brought us to, to, for a meeting, and they told us that we was wrestling too much like men. So they wanted us to start having our tops falling off. Okay, that's a great quote because I remember this. I'm so glad you brought this up. They told the women that they were wrestling too much like men. Yeah. What does that mean? Killing it. <laughs> That's how I took it. Because I was told that, that our matches, the ratings on our matches was higher than some of the men matches. So I didn't, I didn't understand that. But that's the idea. But the moment they said that, I said, well, I know I'm out the door because there's no way I could tone myself down. So there's they wanted no you guys to be more like, have pillow fights and lingerie. Yeah. yeah. Like seriously. And that... we fought so hard to right. prove that we belong, you know. But you, really always, did. you did belong. Yeah. You guys had great matches. There was, there was women's matches in the main events of Raw mm -hmm. at this time frame as well. Yes. And they were always great. Yeah. They always did great ratings, which everyone cares about. Yes. But so I understand what you're saying. You're working too much like the guys. You either are a good worker or a bad worker. Exactly. What's yeah, the fucking what difference? I'm a worker. <laughs> you know, yeah. end of the day. contrary to what you're saying is that um, I'll never forget uh, wrestling in the WWF. Uh, Razor Ramon came up to me. And said, Deuce, <laughs> the, the guys just don't want to follow you. you need, can you kind of <laughs> back it off? Yeah, yeah. That's when I was wrestling the whole, you know, round everywhere with uh, Bull Nakano. And we had great matches. It was, you know, was over and over and over again. I mean, we're talking almost two years. Let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, we did a show about Luna Vachon. You had a great story about Luna. And by the way, Luna was the, the coolest, coolest, I don't even want to say the word chick, the coolest person. Very nice, but she will punch you in the face and not even care. <laughs> you told a great story on that about the women's title. I'd love for you to tell it again here. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's true. Um, Luna was an amazing woman and uh, she was good at what she did and she again was ahead of her time and with that character and heel uh, as um, some of you may know or not know sometimes Luna was a little unpredictable only because of what she was battling uh, mental illness and um, it was difficult at times but there are many times that I would have to carry Luna in situations, if it's on the tarmac and the airplaning, her wanting to jump out or, you know, stuff like that. But um, because of her being unstable, she was never able to win the title or be given the title. And when a promoter chooses you to have the title, that is mad respect because you are carrying that company and that title, and it is absolutely everything. And so, working with her, I wanted her to have her day, and she just wasn't getting it. And I knew I didn't know when, so I was ready to lay my career on the line, and I said, you know, 
I'll, I, I want to, um, I want to drop the title to you. This was in Canada. Yeah, as a favor. I mean, it's the old school way. I mean, we, I don't know. But, and she says, oh, you'd really do that. I can't do it. I can't talk about it. What are you talking about? Deuce. I can't do it. <laughs> and she'd be walking around rubbing her head and, she goes, yeah, I can't let you do that. And I'm like, yes, we're going to be in the ring, bada bing, bada boom, and I'm just lay there, one, two, three, and I'm going to hold on you, and you're not, just pin me. And she goes, you would do that for me? I said, absolutely. You need your day. And she goes, you could fire, he's going to fire you. I said, what is he going to do, fire me? Yeah, okay. I was coming to the end of my rope there anyway, so. Yeah, she just wouldn't, I was laying there, and I just wouldn't move, and she picked me up and wouldn't, she one, was going to lay down for Luna and go against the grain of what the booking of the match was so that Luna would win the title. So she could count one, two, three, so she could win the title, but she wouldn't do it. And she was a, a great performer, and, but, she, but, but such a pro, she wouldn't go against what yeah. the booking was, right? Yeah. She'd do anything for this business. Yeah. She loved it. Yeah. She loved it. She just, and she loved everybody. She did. I think we all do. Uh, Britt, let's talk about, a little bit about, um, about your match with Thunder Rosa, which, once again, no skin in the game. One of, one of the best matches in AEW history. And was the main event of Dynamite. Now, just so you guys know, to get on Dynamite is not easy. To be in the main event of Dynamite is rarefied air. It's not a an easy feat. How did you feel when you were told in the main event and how did you feel about that match? It was insane. It was crazy. Yeah, I, I was shitting my pants with <laughs> full disclosure. I was, I was so nervous just because of the nature of a lights out match, of an unsanctioned match. I had never done anything like that. I mean, I, I'm t I had never set up a table before. Um, and I, I don't know if you remember, I was like texting you the whole day, I'm so nervous, oh my God, he's, you, you know, Uncle Chris over here tell, calming me down, helping me, giving me pointers, which some- Tell her how to make sure she <laughs> yeah, leads I, properly. Someday I'm gonna share the video he sent me, but- um, Send her a video, Deuce, <laughs> seriously. Did gig? Yeah. Did you show her I to gig? I sent her a video how to gig. Because I was off the show that day. Yeah, I have, and it's, oh, I, I wish I had my phone here. I would play it for everybody. He's like, make sure you go to, to pump, the, pump the blood out of your head. He goes, if you get cut open anywhere, it doesn't matter. Just pump it. You're, you're, you'll bleed everywhere. I'm like, okay. I got it. I got I'll pump it. I got it. Uh, but no, I, I was so nervous, but it was, um, it was Jerry Lynn was our coach. And he had said so many times, he, he would like look, he, Jerry, when he, when he means business, he looks you dead in the eye and like he, he stares through your soul. I swear to God. He said, you have a chance to make history tonight. I hope you realize that. And he said it so many times that it was, it, we had to make history. It, it, he, we manifested it, this, honestly, because we just talked about it all day. We're going to make history. We're going to make history. But Again, we talk about the pressure. It was, at this time, you know, AEW Women's Division was under fire for, for every reason and then some. So this was our chance to shine, to prove legitimacy of our division and, and just really show out. And we, we took that opportunity and ran. It was so great. <laughs> Tax, table bumps off the apron, none of that stuff bothered you? Well, I was nervous, of course I was nervous, I, but I, I knew, I, I'm so 
passionate about professional wrestling, and I'm so passionate about AEW. I mean, I'm waving that AEW flag tried and true all the time that I was willing to do anything just for, for this moment, for, for the AEW women's division, for you know myself and Thunder Rosa, just for the story. It, good versus evil. Um, people have said that it's, you know, I'm the, the joker. For, you know, so there's the, the story. It's, we have that relationship, and we will forever because of that match. Jazz, what was the biggest match that you had as far as, like we said, Britt doing this match? What was the one that you had? Was there one um, for you? There's, I always talk about there's really two matches. Uh, the first match was uh, my first pay-per-view match ever against Jason Knight, Heat Wave 99, and ECW. So you actually worked the mixed gender match with yes. Jason. And this yes. was before that was a thing. Yes, yes. And wow. Paulie, you know how Paulie gives his freaking talk. Yes. Here's what we need to do. Yeah. One of the greatest performances of all time. Yes, yes. And Jason, do not treat her like a woman. Do not treat her like a woman. So, yeah, he, he did not. Those chops, man, like, was killer. Jason was pretty stiff, you know. But it's that match and, of course, WrestleMania 18. I went out as a champion. I retained the, the title and, and walked back that to the back. That was with Trish and... And Lita. But talk about that, because we were in the, the Sky Dome. Yes, yes, yes. And you were on right after Rock yeah, and Yeah, and they Hogan. changed our match. We wasn't supposed to be. And then they put us behind... Where were you supposed to be? I forget, but it wasn't behind Rock and uh, Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> that was what they used to call the buffer match. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So we were like so bombed and, you know, just pissed. But we was like, you know what, girls? We worked our butts off, you know, to get here. And let's just go out there and kill it. And that's what we did. We was like, screw it. We ain't got nothing to lose, you know. Shit, let's do it. How about you, Deuce? I mean, there was two or three of them, and one of them that's really memorable was when we had an all-women's match at the in Tokyo Dome, at the Egg Dome. All-women's show. All-women's show. You were on we that. We sold out. Dude, that's the truth. You were on yes. that show. Yes. So, so let me just. So uh, they had an all-women's show at the Tokyo Dome, which was a combination of all the big women's companies, all Japan women. Uh, was it Neo and all these other ones? Yep. And they sold 45,000 tickets to the Tokyo Dome for an all-women's show. I didn't realize you were on that. Who did you wrestle on that? Uh, it was Bull Nakano. <laughs> oh, there you go. But it was amazing. I mean, first time uh, all-women's pay-per-view um, in uh, the Dome. But I came out because I'm a, I love Harleys. I ride Harleys, right? And so monster they, trucks. They got, <laughs> they got a Harley and about other... 20 other Harleys, and I rode out on a Harley to the ring in wow. Japan. In it the was Tokyo so Dome. badass. In the Tokyo Dome, yeah. Was that, was that a WWE, or was that for all Japan women? Or Yes, I think it was WWE. That was yes. such a huge show. That's one of the greatest women's show of all time. If you guys can find it, whatever. A lot of matches really to learn from, too. Oh, they're amazing. Manami I didn't Toyota. Mean to just, yeah, I, I love Manami just... Toyota, one of my favorite yep. wrestlers. Minami Toyota is amazing. Yes. One yes. of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Like, oh, I love Ricky Steamboat, and I love Shawn Michaels, and I love Manami Toyota. If you don't know her, please her. watch her. She's one of the greats. One of the, Akira Hakuto as well. Right. So many great Japanese women wrestlers from that era. So. And then the other one was um, I was wrestling in Japan, and, and the Japanese loved a market. They love America. They love USA. So I knew that going over to Japan, I needed to be American and, you know, try different things, but I didn't know I was going to be boxing. So they, they shipped my ass to Thailand 
and started and I started training Muay Thai kickboxing in that famous ring. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die in this thing. Well, anyway, th that's another long story, but I won that match. And it ended up that I ended up boxing Aja Kong, and it was a legit shoot boxing match. <laughs> and that bitch broke my nose, and it was hanging off my face. And it was, <laughs> I mean, that was, I mean, it was lights out. How did they convince you to do a shoot boxing match? I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I said, yes, height, 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 yes, hike. I, will I will comply. <laughs> the only time I complied. No, just kidding. Last few questions for you guys. Obviously, three different generations, like we said. All of you guys, pioneers, and you should be very proud. What do you see the future of women's wrestling being as far as where it has been, where it is now, and where can it go in the future? Jazz, you want to start with that? Oh, wow. Um, most definitely is growing. I can... I can almost see like a company like AEW having a whole show just for a women's division. And maybe they'll bring me in to be a coach. What do you think, Medusa? I would hope that some people would just pull their head of their asses and all organizations can work against each other. I mean, I would love to see the future of that and, of course, more, you know, women's pay-per-views and et cetera. How about wrestling on the moon? I mean, hell, that's next. <laughs> Britt? Um, I'm, gonna, I'm kinda gonna go the opposite way of jazz and I would like, instead of all women show, just making it a more common thing for women to be the main event of the men's, the men's show so that it's like, it's both of our shows. It's not just a huge deal if, if there's a women's main event on a, on a Dynamite or a, a Raw, a SmackDown, a pay-per-view. Just, it's a, it's a good match, so it's gonna be a main event, and that's that. In other words, give us our time. I, 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 and I, I agree with this. I, I think the, the one thing, once again, being in this business for so long. If you have the right people, yeah. put them in the right spot. Yes. I don't like the obligatory, here's a women's match, here's a men's match, whatever. Yeah. Who's getting over? What position can they be in? And there's no reason that you shouldn't put girls in the event when they're over, yes. right? And that's the secret of what wrestling is, connecting with the audience. And what I love about the last 10 years is the women have been put in the position where you can easily connect. We have women's main events all the time. And it's not because it's, uh, oh, it's the, no, it's because there's a reason for it. And they yeah. deserve to be there, and they're connecting with the crowd, and people are enjoying it. And that's what it's all about. But you know what, Chris? It takes good men like you. It starts with good men like you, which, I mean, we need more of that to help facilitate yes, that, to continue yes. that. And thank you so much. I mean, you've helped Britt a lot, and that's amazing. And we need more of that, so that does happen. Last question for you guys. You might have already mentioned it, but what's the, your favorite match that you ever had, ever? Is the one that stands out? It has to be the Thunder Rosa Thunder match, Rosa. right? Yeah. A classic. How about you, Jazz? Mania 18. That's the one. Was that your WrestleMania moment? I had, I did um, 18 and 19, that but 18 is my, the biggest moment how about my you, career. How about you, Medusa? I'd have to say that I, it would have to be the one hour match I had 
One hour? One, 59 minutes and 59 seconds. No <laughs> shit. And it was against Asuka in Japan, and I was so scared. Asuka? Not this Asuka. The older Asuka. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what venue? Cork? I'm was sorry? Was it Corican Hall? Or? They put you out there for an hour. The first time, yeah. We don't, and God, that'd be cool. If, a, if women are becoming this good, I'd like to see them with longer matches, too, with longer storylines. Yes. We need storylines, yes. storylines, storylines for women to be able to wrestle more than 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And, um, I don't believe I ever had a 10-minute match in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had mostly three or four. Yeah, yes. <laughs> with a commercial break. Guys, three of the greatest of all time here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. This is awesome. Standing ovation. Look at this. If you're not standing up, just do it. Thank you.